For most of humanity, there's been a system of government where a small minority rules over the people. From emperors to monarchs to oligarchs, the will of the people, the desire for self-determination has been repressed. A group of visionaries envisioned a nation ruled by its citizens, one where leaders were chosen by its people to be held accountable. Hence, the United States of America was born. That dream of democracy has been defiled. We find today, our nation is run by a minority not held accountable to its people. Instead, special interests and money are the driving forces of our government. At Candidates Platform, we look to restore that vision. Our goal is twofold: to educate voters on the issues of the candidates running for local and state office, and to give the citizen the opportunity. To run for office by having a simple, intuitive, cost-effective place to manage their campaign. Let's work together to restore democracy to the people. Hello, hello, and welcome to Candidates Platform,、uh, the CP Show. This is Diego signing in. Hope everyone's having a fantastic Saturday afternoon. I am joined, as always, with my co-host Kathleen. How are you doing, Kathleen? I'm doing really well. Thank you very much, Diego. How are you today? <laughs> you know, not bad. It's been、um, it's been a pretty、uh, pretty pretty good weekend.、Um, we're fully recovered from COVID and everything. So I know. To... I wanted to say thing. It's a good thing you.、Uh, how'd you deal with it? How do you feel?、Um, feel you know, it's good. I was I was sick. I was out for about you know six seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was I was I was not feeling fantastic, and uh, you know, still can't really smell that well. So that's the one kind of um continuing side effect. I never really lost my my appetite though, so <laughs> my taste. So so that's still there. Yeah, that didn't change. But and now、um, you just can't、oh, smell the fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah which which is nice though because you know when stuff smells bad, it smells <laughs> fine to me. So, yeah, I don't know、exactly. if I, I don't know if I smell bad, so I guess well, that's that, the other thing. That、yeah. would be a problem. Your socks smell、yeah. bad. You not knowing it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're <laughs> feeling better. I know that you know you were sick, but I'm glad you、yeah. didn't have to go to the hospital or anything like that, right? Yeah. Now I'm immune, and I'm going to go walk around COVID、uh, wards. So. <laughs> There you go. Let's see if it.、Yeah. Let's see what what truth stands up. That once you have it, you're okay, or that、mm-hmm. once you have it, you can still spread it, or that once you have it, you can still get sick again. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, like with leprosy, you know, they're gonna hug all the COVID people, <laughs> and then they're gonna. And then they're gonna feel your warmth. Yeah, and then they're gonna be hugged once again. Another human's embrace. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, a lot. A lot is. A lot is going on, you know, in, in the world,、yeah. and it's.、Uh, I, I have to say that as a woman, I really, I do、uh, fear for the women and young girls in Afghanistan, and、um, I, I seriously say prayers because it cannot be a good time for women to be in Afghanistan, and so I really, yeah, I really feel for them. You know, there was yeah, a, a photograph of of a picture of women in the different stages. Um, and going、mm-hmm. from you know where they had head coverings to being basically even their eyes covered, and、uh, yeah. I can only Im- imagine that would be my biggest fear. 
And so I just kind of have to say that at this on our show, being at a political show and stuff, that I really, truly, my heart goes out to them. And I, I do, I pray for them. I pray for something to happen to bring them back out of the dark ages. It's amazing at this time. I mean, it is a different country. It has different culture. But that, to me, I don't know. I don't want to sound well, crazy. It's but interesting because... It, if you ever watch like the 60s, you know, like Afghanistan, like the 60s and 70s, um, it, it's totally different kind of than what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then say similar with Iran and yes. uh, a lot of, you know, Lebanon, um, you know, unfortunately, the kind of the 80s and 90s kind of brought up a lot of um, extremism in that part of the world. And yes. so yeah. it's, you know, it's it's definitely a shame. One of my favorite things is the um, there's actually a letter from. Um, the Shah of Iran, I believe this was in the 30s, um, and he sent it to um, the Saud family of Saudi Arabia, the King, uh, King Saud, and uh, he basically was saying that uh, the Saudis need to uh, progress to the modern times and to allow like the women women to wear you know modern clothes and, and to move away from kind of fundamentalist beliefs. Let them drive. And it's just funny. And stuff like that. Yeah, it's just funny that the the leader of Iran back in the 30s was uh, more progressive than, uh, not that Saudi Arabia is particularly progressive, but, you know, it was more progressive right. than Saudi Arabia. So it's definitely, um, definitely, definitely a shame. But I, I will say I, I am happy that, you know, we are out. Um, I hope we stay out. I hope there, you know, we don't go back in or anything like that. I Hopefully we can get the rest of those, uh, the people that want to leave out as well as the dogs that were they left there. But um yeah. I will I will say though, and I, I find this bizarre. Why are why were people going to Afghanistan on like vacations? Like I don't know if you heard there was that the group of group of people from California that were stuck in Afghanistan because they went on a school trip to Afghanistan. Were they from Afghanistan? Were they you know from No, they were like they were like California they were from California. Well, um, you and know, it was like a, it was like high people who graduated high school. It was like six of them decided to go to Afghanistan. I don't. Like, I would. You know. That's like going to to North Korea. I don't know why you would. Yeah, do that. but especially if there's a war. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, go, were there any were any of them women? I don't. I I think they were boys, and I don't think they were like joining the Taliban. Or, I think they were just. I mean, and don't even wrong. I mean, there's tons of important cultural things in Afghanistan. That it's it is you know a really interesting country to go to. But is now the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I got to yeah. say again that as a woman, I don't think a man, excuse me, Diego, can ever understand what fear it instills in women when they look at the Afghanistan women and what's happening to them. You know, to not be become since it, basically property is what they have become. They're not human beings. They're property. Well, and I mean, to the me, Taliban has claimed to have you know be they're, they have claimed and we have to see if they stay true to it but they have claimed that they're not regressing to their oh in the 90s gosh. era so you know you I, believe I them if you believe them i believe like you know you're gonna sell me probably you know. not but yeah most not, likely not yeah and ot not they're not but, going you know, there to is do it some there is some hope there that you know perhaps they'll uh be a little moderate i, I think they the do only want hope to is that enough people Raise your voice against this whole thing. And, and, you know, as a young male millennial, you don't get 
what what it means because really it wasn't that long ago that women were property here you know it wasn't so long ago that they were you know thrown into the mental institutions because they wanted to vote that was not that long ago and that's what's happening is that we just don't remember history very well and we tend to as long as well somebody says the words in another country that they're going to maybe be moderate okay we'll believe them no, I don't. And in well, all I the women from, let me just finish this, of all the women of the meme movement and all the women in the United States who are all about women's rights should be having one voice really loud and clear and constantly putting that voice out to help women in Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia. So that's my stand. You, and I know what you you're going to say. Have, no, what I was going to say is that you also have to admit, though, that you know, the Taliban didn't take over a country in a week because there wasn't support for them on the local level. I mean, oh, the, the, the truth of the matter the is, is that the and women, men? there are there are women in Afghanistan who do support Islamic law and Sharia law in Afghanistan. I think it's also I, I, I don't like it that much when, you know, we 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 put Western values that have to be necessarily on, you know, okay. Let me tell you something. That that's was, easy to say as a man because you're not facing these things. And, you know, and it's not recent history where you you as a woman or you as a man couldn't have things like property and then a woman would become your property. So I, I, I beg to differ. Yes, I think there are women that support that, but I don't think they support to the point where they're completely covered in black. I, I see no purpose in that. I see that it's just a terrible way to live. And so as a woman, I have a right to say that in this country that supposedly is a, a place of freedom. But it's interesting to me. It's like when men say, oh, you know, we have a stand on whether or not a woman can, uh, you know, should have a you know, should have the right to an abortion, you know, unless you can get. Well, we can get into a deep discussion, but anyway, well, also, I understand though, what you're can, saying. Men can get pregnant now, so now we do get a choice. <laughs> all right, so it's birthing people of all genders of can all give genders? birth, and as That's one of the as one of the genders, I I, I can now, as equal to any woman. <laughs> My point, my you have to go through a lot of trouble to get pregnant. And I think if you wanted to get pregnant, then it wouldn't necessarily. It's not like it comes natural. It's not a natural process like you wake up the next day and you're well, pregnant. So. Right. And perhaps physically I cannot get pregnant, but I do <laughs> can identify as a pregnant male. Um, and so yeah, that's great. as someone as oh, no, I, I, I change it, I identify as a male who could get pregnant. <laughs> OK, so I guess that's as much a of a millennial thing. at his best. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so. Okay. So therefore, we will. The get point is, that. is we'll, the guys will always figure out ways to get out on top. That's the important <laughs> thing here. Is we'll, we'll, you know. You never know. That may end. You know. You just never know. Never say never. Never say always. You know what? I I really think that it was it was a man. You know, I think the men got all together and <laughs> said, you know, women, these, the girls don't have to go to work. They get to hang out at home all day. Let's get them want to go to work and we'll hang out at home all day. You know day. what? You know and what so the men did too? It, they created high heels and stockings. So that to me is, you know, very negative. Yeah. They wanted to make us put another, at a very another young win age. in the male column. Another win in the male <laughs> column. <laughs> but anyway. That you created a new style um, of high heels? Yeah. Anyway. And now you can get pregnant. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Have fun with that. So. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But let's get anyway. Having a little bit of fun with current events. But. Um, we do have a fun show for everyone today. We are going to take a little light. 
We're doing another CPD viewpoints, and we are going to talk about, um, we're going to do a tier list for all the presidents um, that we've had and kind of just go over. Basically, we're obviously, we're going to go in order, starting with George Washington, going all the way up to Biden. Um, we're going to give kind of, you know, so we're going to rank them. Uh, and then we're also going to, we're going to rank them, and we're just going to talk about what we like about them, what we don't. Maybe an interesting fact, uh, there's a lot of lot of them that uh, I kind of don't know about. You know, everyone kind of forgets about, you know, um, William Harrison, you know, the guy that was in there for, what, a month, days. I think? I think it was 40, 40 yeah. days, yeah. Something like that, so. Um, or, you know. or the guy who started the, the comb over, which I think was uh, uh, President Taylor, did the first, mm-hmm. you know, he like, he, he uh, mastered the comb over. You know, when you take your hair over the bald spot? Yeah. For men? Yeah. Well, well, mullets are coming back, so maybe the film over will too. <laughs> okay, so let's get started with George Washington. What do you think? What right. is he? And ranked? oh, um, so just real quick, the way we do tier rankings for anyone who doesn't, uh, in, who isn't sure about it, or you know, grade school, A, B, C, D, F, and then there is <laughs> S tier for the very, very best. So okay. the absolute all stars, they are in the S tier, top of the cream. So, let's so go ahead F is the lowest, correct? F is the lowest? F, yeah, no E. F is the lowest, okay. and S is the top of the top. And A is like, you know, up And A, B, C, D. Yeah. All right, gotcha. Just like in grade school. Pretty much, yep. So, <laughs> okay. let's start off with George Washington. Um, in my opinion, it's going to be kind of hard not to put him in the S tier, you know, yeah. founder of the nation. But what do you think? Oh, I think so. I mean, I think they said that he was one of the there was only a couple of presidents that really actually fulfilled all the promises they made to the people. And I think mm-hmm. he's really I, I guess he gave his inaugural speech um, down on Wall Street in New York. Right. Really? Yeah. And uh, his fair. Well, actually, on his farewell speech, he advised the country to avoid political factions based on party or geography and to avoid long-term alliances with foreign countries which i thought was interesting you know i mean it's kind of amazing that back in those days he could see that having two parties or two factions was not necessarily the best thing and what if what is not more american than doing the exact opposite of what the guy in charge said to do (laughs) Exactly. So Who probably we, knows the most, right? <laughs> Who has yeah. the most experience and knows the most. Exactly. I, but, I thought he was yeah. he was also, I guess, you know, you can imagine he had to do the first of many things. So like I think he was the first to appoint judges and mm-hmm. and like create this whole ceremony, you know, of the presidency. Mm-hmm. And um and you know, also kind of became I guess he, he titled himself as commander of commander in chief of the military mm-hmm. yes so, yeah he know, was the he kind of stated that you know like uh i guess gave him the self the president that title not himself but the presidency the title of commander in chief he is um, one of my favorite stories about him is that um he when he was general of the Continental army he didn't take a salary he instead right. had an expense an expense account um, and then when he became president, he offered to do the same thing, not to take a salary and to uh, have an expense account instead. And um, 
the uh, Congress basically said, no, we're going to pay you a flat salary because they said they couldn't afford another one of Washington's dams, damn expense accounts. So <laughs> He must have charged everything to the government, huh? Oh, I am quite sure. I mean, I would, too. So I can't really compl- I can't really <laughs> fault him for that. But um, no, I mean, I, I think it's, it's pretty easy, I think, on every single um you know, political presidential tier chart. He's always S. I mean, the found, you know, first of everything, the founder, general, you know, the leader of kind of the Revolutionary War. Right. Um, you know, he was a great leader and a great general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he never and he, he couldn't tell a lie. So. Yeah, he couldn't tell a lie. I I heard uh, there was that wasn't necessarily true, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I heard the wooden teeth it. thing also wasn't wasn't true. Yeah, I'm not going to partake yeah. in conspiratorial theories. <laughs> Although I've yeah. been told that I do too often. So we'll, we'll take it that he didn't lie, that he told the truth as okay. much as possible. Well, told the truth, I think, solid ass, easy, pretty easy. Yes. So. Yes. And now okay, we got so then we, number yeah. two. Right, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Good. I was to say, number two, we have the vice president of George Washington and the first of a couple of related uh, presidents. So we have John Adams, uh, the first Federalist president as well. Right. And um, so he was he I, I don't know. Where, where would you say he kind of fits? On the, on the um, I don't know, because, you know, he was really he really wanted to to have relations with France. You know, mm-hmm. one of his things was the I guess the X Y Z affair, where you know he really wanted to establish a uh, an alliance with France, and French wanted nothing to do with the United States. You know, these these mm-hmm. revolutionaries and um, yeah. the people that he sent over. You know, they were treated very badly, and you know were scorned, and and I think um, and and you know some. Two of them came back, and I forgot the names of them, although I had thought I would remember. And one stayed back, but, you know, just to try to get the French to like us, I guess it was. But mm-hmm. he had hid a lot of the, the the information of how France was treating the dignitaries from, from the U.S. to Congress, you know. And there was a lot of, um, of course, sentiment in Congress that, you know, they didn't want anything to do with France or England. You know, you just like mm-hmm. they wanted to totally not have anything to do with them. And so when all the correspondence came came out and uh, became obvious that he had really kind of, I, you know, was even thinking of like think pain, uh, bribing or they wanted the French officials wanted money, first of all. And they wanted all kinds of, they, you know, uh, or they if they didn't get money from the government to acknowledge them, they were going to, you know. Uh, participate. They wouldn't declare war on us. And so there was all this back and forth. And when the when, you know the Congress found out, they were in. They were just so angry at him. You know that that was mm-hmm. kind of part of his his big downfall. And I guess uh, the Federalist Party kind of fell apart under him too, and became the yes. Jefferson, right? The Jefferson. What do they call them? So Republicans. Uh, Dem- Democratic Republicans, which yeah. um, not related to Demo- current Democrats or Republicans. Um, but I mean, no, he definitely was kind of, I mean, it's, it's a tough act to follow. I will, I will give him a little bit of credit there, but, um, you know, I think the big issue was, was that he, one, there was, you know, the anti-federalists and the federalists. He was a proponent of early kind of, you know, centralized government. 
um, which I think a lot of people also kind of, you know, there's always been kind of that vein of individualism in the U.S. Um, and so there was, he did kind of want to be part of that, you know, he wanted the U.S. to kind of join the European world in the sense of, you know, trade negotiations. And we kind of seen as a, as a state equal to, you know, the major European states at the time. So, you know, I, I think I would put him personally at a C or, at a C tier. I think he, he wasn't, he wasn't anything, you know, revolutionary. I don't think he was necessarily a bad president, but he did kind of end his party and he had his own vice president run against him and win. So now, did you, are, he was, he supported this sedition act, right? How do you say that? Sedition, sedition act. Yeah. Right. Do you remember mm-hmm. what that was about? Uh, yeah. So basically the whole thing was, we didn't really have, um, it was kind of the, again, being part of that federalist, um, movement, there was kind of a lot of talk of, you know, states kind of having, forming more of a confederation where it was, you know, a loose alliance of individual powers. Because, you know, back in those days, really what states you were from meant a hell of a lot more than anything else. So, you know, um, if you're from the state of Pennsylvania or New York, that was, you know, you would say, oh, I'm, 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 a New- I'm from New York or I'm from Virginia, I'm a Virginian. Um, you wouldn't necessarily, no one really said, oh, I'm American at that point in time. Okay. Um, and so that was kind of the, that was the, basically the law that kind of started. And I do think has gone in really, really bad, you know, in the last couple decades of where kind of disagreeing with the government was kind of, you know, started to be something that was looked at as like a, you know, seditious and, and, right. and uh, treasonous. Because they could imprison you under that act, you could you could be deported, fined, imprisoned, mm-hmm. or and deemed yes. right like a public threat. Or can, mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it's interesting that that you know, you know kind of failed, but now it seems like it's almost coming back to 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 life because, you know, I mean, I don't consider Facebook government, but mm-hmm. it's a trend, you know, where. You know, even isn't like Apple phone doing some kind of uh, algorithm where they can decide whether or not your photos should be, you know. I mean, I, I think that's a first thing that's a little bit of a stretch is one, it's not the government. And two, no, that's what know, I'm that's, saying. But yeah. Facebook, to me, sometimes some of these big corporations are almost becoming and not nations, their own con- their own states. They have so mm-hmm. much influence on making laws in the United States and setting these, you know, I mean, they do things that the government really should be stopping them from doing. They shouldn't be mm-hmm. able, although they're private, you know. But I in do the agree. Past, I, I do agree. And in the past, the United I, States ha- government has stepped in to stop corporations from doing things that they saw that could be, you know, trying to be more like a uh, government kind of policies than you know, business policies. So it's just interesting that I find that this is oh, could stop you from having freedom of opinion. Right. Um, so. No. Yeah. So I think I think we definitely. Uh, I think. What do you think? C is pretty fair. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I'm getting involved in these guys, but yes, you're right. Yes, I think a C. <laughs> and you know, he also established the Department of Navy. That is true. So yep. yeah, so, I mean. Okay. Okay. So on to the next is Thomas Jefferson. This one's hard. I mean, it's you know, I think I'm looking at A. Pretty, you know, it, it does look mm-hmm. like A would be a good place for him. 
But also, you know, Thomas Jefferson definitely was, you know, he was kind of a an oddity even back in those days. Um, he was always kind of seen as, you know, he did he did free his slaves, but he also uh, cheated on his uh, had quite a few affairs with them. So yes. um, he's at, it's, it's interesting. He's actually yes, he, he has he has a lot of descendants. Put it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, there's quite a lot of people that can tie their lineage back to Thomas Jefferson. Um, but, you know, he, he was the, you know, author of the Declar- of, um, Declaration of Independence. He was, you know, someone who was quite uh, quite influential kind of in that, er- in that early time. And I think, you know, he's one of the founding fathers. So it's kind of hard to, to yeah. go really harsh on these guys. The one thing I found interesting, I didn't realize that he was um, he doubles the size of the United States, you know, uh, through the Louisiana Purchase established, I guess, you know, a president for acquisition of new lands that, you know, were other than going to war. So, you know, that set up really then, you know, I guess, you know, purchasing the Oregon Territory and Florida and stuff like that. Manifest destiny, Destiny. the early frameworks of it. So, yeah. And he established the West Point. He established West Point, which I thought that was I had forgotten that. I didn't know that. Okay. Hmm. Yep. So we're giving him a so, what? Yeah. An A. I mean, I think I think an A is is pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. And now we have James Madison, who I think is a very like un, un, he's someone who I think people really forget about, but I I do think he is really really important. I mean, he did um, the Federalist Papers were right. were in large part thanks to him. Um, and so, you know, kind of the first real party, like proper party um, in a way, I think, you know, I think that's kind of hard to, you know, people kind of tend to forget about. But I do think that that's, you know, um, something that's pretty big. You know, he, he was not part of the Bill of Rights, which I think everyone. Um, well, they actually considered him the, the like the father of the Constitution because he, he created the basic, you know, uh, framework for both the Constitution mm-hmm. and the Bill of Rights. He was right. like that guy that sits there and takes notes, you know, and making sure that all was, the details are involved. He was the president during the War of 1812, which, again, yeah. another war that's criminally under-talked about. So I think it is kind of interesting and in some ways more interesting than the Revolutionary War because it was kind of the war that put us, made us people think, OK, these guys, you know, are like a, this country is a legitimate country. Um you know, the Revolutionary War was an uprising, really, more right. than anything else, um, which had happened throughout history a lot. Uh, and then the War of 1812 was actually, you know, winning against winning a proper war against a foreign power. Um, and I think that kind of to many to many countries in Europe uh, legitimized the U.S. as as an actual, you know, country of standing and not just, you know, some uh, rebellious region of, of territory of England. And, and and as you know, most people want to know who the War of 1812 was with. So you want to tell people? Oh, I love those. I do, I do love those videos where they ask who the War of 1812 <laughs> is, and, and they, you get some some of the answers. Uh, so basically, what it was was, um, you know, and really when you when you take a step back, the Revolution War is kind of interesting because we had a very costly war for England with the um, Native Americans, and then the British were like, well, we'd like you to pay for the war. Uh, pay for that war, pay us back with the taxes. And the colonials kind of said, well, we don't really want to do that. So we're going to cede. Um, and then the War of 1812 was Britain's kind of last ditch attempt to try and regain the colonies and kind of subjugate the, US, uh, the the colonies to essentially 
pay back the original debt that they or the original money that they spent defending the colonies against the French and, and natives. So um, it was it was it was a war basically with the British, um, and it was. Uh, and then people don't realize war. it was the one that really kind of counted. Although you know we all think it was the rebellion, it really was. This was the one that set us apart. And you know I was I was when I was uh, looking at James Madison. You know, I realized that, you know, he, he signed the Monroe Doctrine, which was that, you know, any efforts by any European country to colonize the states in the American continent were, you know, acts of aggression. Because I think many mm-hmm. of the Europeans, you know, were going to, you know, I guess like to Kansas and to Oregon and going up there and seeing that as free land. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was a big deal. It, it was definitely, you know, kind of... Um, it was also like a, like a shift away from, you know, from the start of his presidency to the end. I think you definitely had more of a shift away from, you know, like I said, this rebellious territory to more of an actual nation with its own foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also was, you know, was a bit of a trial by fire because, you know, it, it was the first proper war we faced with a you know, serious power. Right. Um, and, and we were able to try to, to defend him and push him back. And so definitely, I think James Madison, for me, also belongs in the A tier. I think. Yeah. He, I um, OK, so perfect. And, and, and also, argue with that one. Yeah, we, we he also acquired Florida, too, which I thought Florida was later on. You know what is interesting that having deciding to do this. Boy, you know, we really should be, t- they should have a class where you just have to study the American presidents and kind of the presidents that they set and the things that they were known for. Because it's pretty amazing. And we just, mm-hmm. it just makes me realize how we just don't understand the history of our own country and the importance of what these people did. So, anyway. Yeah, I agree. No, it's, it's kind of a shame. But um, I think we are going to take a little bit of a break. Um, I think we're going to come back with James Monroe, kind of talked a little bit about him when we get back. But, um, we will we will be back real soon and I uh, hope you guys are all enjoying and uh For most of humanity there's been a system of government where a small minority rules over the people from emperors to monarchs to oligarchs the will of the people the desire for self-determination has been repressed A group of visionaries envisioned a nation ruled by its citizens, one where leaders were chosen by its people to be held accountable. Hence, the United States of America was born. That dream of democracy has been defiled. We find today our nation is run by a minority not held accountable to its people. Instead, special interests and money are the driving forces of our government. At Candidates Platform, we look to restore that vision. Our goal is twofold, to educate voters on the issues of the candidates running for local and state office, and to give the citizen the opportunity to run for office by having a simple, intuitive, cost-effective place to manage their campaign. Let's work together to restore democracy to the people. Welcome back to CP Show. If you're just joining us, this is Diego signing on with uh, have my co-host Kathleen. And we are ranking all of the presidents um, and kind of going, uh, we're doing a tier ranking, S to F, 
And we just finished up with Madison, moving on to Monroe. Yes. So um, I'll let you go ahead and start. No, actually, what's your you, <laughs> this is the guy that I forgot. Got John Monroe. Oh. So go ahead. Because I got, I got John Quincy Adams covered, but I just forgot about him. See, oh. we really need to, to study. We should keep our citizenship based on knowing at least what our the history of our presidents were. That's very telling. <laughs> Monroe's, a, Monroe's a solid B for me. Um, okay. I think he, you know, he, he did do a lot. You know, Florida. You got Florida. Right. Um, our first ever economic crisis as a country. Um, in, I believe, 1818 or 1819. No, Panic, panic of 1819. So that would be in 1819. Um, he also was kind of the very the first president to kind of have to deal with this issue that lasted for the next um, for the next 50 years, which was the issue of slavery. Um, and he started with the Missouri Compromise. Um, and so right. it was kind of this was really the first mark of that kind of slave state versus free state. Um, issue and the kind of animosity that came from that. So I do think he's a solid B in the sense of that he is just someone who, you know, he he was overall, I mean, a good president. I I think there was um, some mistakes. I think he tried to get involved um, with, you know, kind of other countries. He did have the, I think it was called the era of good feelings or something like that, good times. Um, But I do think he, the a lot of the kind of the the expansion under him well one you know obviously was detrimental to um to the natives but uh also yeah, well, yeah. you know he did he did kind of um get involved with a lot of a lot of foreign policy really kind of in my i think a little bit you know kind of putting the carriage in front of the horse where the u.s really wasn't developed and sturdy enough to really be into these intense um, intense fights with, you know, the European powers, but, um, he definitely was, you know, uh, the problem with the, the early presidents is they all were, you know, pretty decent. And I don't know if that's nostalgia or just, it's been a long time since they've been around. So, um, well, they did, you know, they, they had to do, they had to deal with a lot of new ideas and new ways to handle stuff. So they had to be pretty much proactivists in some ways, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I kind of think it's the same thing. I mean, it was it wasn't it under Monroe that the the Federalists started to to kind of dissolve or collapse that party? Yeah, I think it was right around that time. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 hadn't had any um, any real you know kind of power. They kind of haven't had any real power since Thomas Jefferson kind of took over, and that was kind of the final the final death throes of that part, the very first right. party, which is kind of interesting. So. Well, they were all part um, of that party, weren't they? Kind of. All the a lot of them were. I mean, I think they, you know, Democrat Republican was kind of an offshoot of the Federalist Party, mm-hmm. um, that kind of took kind of took power over it. So, you know, definitely, yeah, I would I would say that, that they all were. I mean, but yeah, the, the the Federalist kind of you know really kind of ended it. I think they were in there. 18 you know 1815 era so 18 right. to, but um yeah i mean i i just think he's a solid solid b good president yeah, yeah. i agree don't think he was fantastic but overall really good president um and then up next we have john quincy adams the uh, i believe the last democratic republican right and, and you know this guy for me you know he's one of those guys that did good and did bad you know i mean 
uh, they consider, I think, on, under Monroe that he was the greatest secretary of state that there was, you know, up to that time because they, you know, um, John Quincy Adams, you know, uh, negotiated with England to have joint mm. occupation of Oregon. And, and you know, he kind of was formulating the Monroe Doctrine when he was secretary of state under him. But the interesting thing about Adams was that, um, you know, I guess when they were uh, – the election, there was, you know, what Jackson and William Crawford and Henry Clay and Adams, and they were all, I guess, somewhat similar, but neither one of them got the majority of the vote. So I, I find this first corrupt, not the first corruption, but that kind of thing where, you know, you negotiate, you decide who you're going to be against within the, you know, the, you know, who's running and stuff because they, uh, they did the, uh, well, they called the corrupt bargain bargain where Clay supports Adams so that he can become Secretary of State taking his votes over to to Adams and Jefferson Jackson was just you know and again at the next oh, election good. and so hello yeah we, we got you back okay we got me back and so um you know they called it the corrupt bargain act and then during the next election pro uh, process a lot of um, Jackson's fans were able you know to vote for Jackson because of this bargain that you know Adams and Clay had done so that they could you know could win the election what would you say C for corruption yeah I see definitely I see definitely even like a you know, yeah, C for C first, minus first, for corruption. We can we can do our first D. Yeah, I would put him as a D, a D definitely, a definitely. D? Yes, a D. Okay. Although you know, I didn't realize that under his under him uh, his administration, the Erie Canal was completed. Oh really? I didn't know that either. Yeah. Erie Canal, yeah. for those who don't know, is um canal in new york uh in new york state that basically connected the hudson river to the great lakes and actually is you know really kind of a big reason why you know cities like uh you know cleveland and detroit and chicago cropped up because it kind of gave it gave that area access to to the sea so that's right that's and, right and really pretty cool if you ever get a chance you're ever in kind of the middle upstate new york area um give it a look because it's 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 kind of like a mini panama canal it's a Cool, cool yeah, thing because cool. I, I saw it when I was a kid. It was, it was cool when you were a kid. I don't know if it's any funny. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Next. now comes Andrew Jackson, right? Now this Founder is interesting. Of the, of the what? Democratic Party. The Democratic yes. Party. Well, he was the first president that that said that you know the presidency presidency was the sole representative of the people. You know, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, like this, you know, a general compromising the Senate of the House or dealing with, you know, they, that the president was the power, you know, they, he was representative of the people, which, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like, I like Andrew Jackson. He's one of my top presidents. Uh, but he was just a crotchy old man who, um, he attacked other people with a cane as well. I mean, he's, I think on a personal level, I think he's, he's, he's pretty cool. He did do the Trail of Tears, which, you know, was yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Lose a couple points there. No, you know. no, no. He loses a lot of points for me. I put him in a C. I put him in a C because 
one thing that he did, you know, he was saying that he was the representative of the people. And I guess, you know, they said that like 15 to 20,000 people came to his, to his inauguration. It was the first time I think that you had that mm-hmm. mass people come to see the president get inaugurated. And he, he, um, I guess took the inauguration from the White House to the Capitol building, the East Portico, where they do it now. And mm-hmm. when he walked from the hotel to the Capitol, he only wore a black suit, no hat, no nothing. And he was very tall and, um, I guess, charismatic. And people followed him. So then when they returned to the White House, you know, the masses I guess they just, you know, they said, "Hey, if you want to meet the president, you know, come to the White House and he'll meet with you." They had no expectation that it would be so many people, and the people rushed the White House, you know, the first floor, and got guess very impatient because they were waiting a long time because he was actually meeting each person, you know, mm-hmm. individually and meeting and hearing them, and people got. There was a big unrest and they mobbed the White House. And I think they, they, they said that they also, the you know, the people, the servants or the, uh, the waiters brought out, you know, tea and food. And they just swarmed it like kind of like what happened January 6th, overwhelmed the, the you know, the, the waiters, caused all this damage. And then the elitist of D.C. were like, OK, you see, see what happens when you when you allow <laughs> masks to come in look at how they act and that it the nation had changed forever based on that mm-hmm. inaugural day which i thought was really mm-hmm. interesting you know the peons you let the peons in and they 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 destroy the they destroy <laughs> destroy the nice stuff but i think the thing that really upset me was what he did i had never really put him together with the destruction of the of the indian indian tribes you know i mean it was the creek the Cherokee the Choctaw, the Seminole uh, tribes. And, um, you know, he, he killed many, a quarter of the Indians killed when he moved them from Florida, the Seminole, to like past Kansas. He was sending them to, you know, I guess it was maybe Kansas or Utah or whatever, that kind of area. And it reminded me a lot of what they did to Geronimo in Cochise County. You know, Geronimo, right? was up in the Cherokee Mountains for, what, two or three years, and the U.S. Army couldn't get hold of him. The only reason he surrendered was because of droughts in, in Cochise County. And then they sent mm-hmm. the Apaches, Geronimo was part of the Apache tribe, to Florida, in which most of them died because they weren't went from dry heat to humid swampland where they all died of i think malaria or whatever you know whatever the disease you die of in the swamps but most of them died and it was interesting that that's what they did to the seminole tribe in the beginning you know send them from florida and a culture and a way of life Mm. and a quarter of them died um that to me i just never really realized what he had done to the indian nation and it was um it was just it was just a terrible thing and it was the twelve tears and it was for you know uh for many of them they were just they were forced away from everything they knew into you know can you imagine going from Florida to like you know the desert or the plains I mean there's yeah just no, no I mean so I he know, gets the been... C close to C minus for me well, that's interesting so we have our first split decision because <laughs> um, I ranked him as a solid A I think. He isn't an S because of the Trail of Tears. I think, you know, I, I do believe that you can't hold 
people of history to today's standard, but I do believe that that standard is still a little too far. So he's not an S for me, but he is an A. I think I think his philosophy, he was the first um, he was the first kind of anti-corruption politician he was the people's politician only because he lost um, that's what made him feel like he was an anti-corruption because he lost right he didn't like so, the bargain but that's because mm-hmm. he wanted to be president it wasn't like oh i want to stop corruption from now on and in congress and I mean, for the future presidents i think i think there's a valid point to not having these little back you know back end compromises elect <laughs> paul you know elect the president so i like i said i i, I do think his philosophies was really good um, he was a man of the people. He was someone who was very against a centralized bank banking system. Yes. Um, he was a big, you know, a big man of reform. He changed a lot of the, you know, he he basically was someone who, you know, there was and George Washington was a was a big proponent of this. All the founding fathers had this big attitude of, you know, there is the core kind of elite crowd that really sways the nation, and none of them really wanted, you know poor people to have any say. I mean, it's in the back in those days, it was white landowning males alone who could vote. So I think uh, uh, based on your whole thing, you said that he was anti-corruption, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there was this um, Jackson vetoed the um, maze. I think it's called the Maysville Road, which in to spite Clay, who had made the deal with Adams to Jackson. There was this bill, of course, this is corruption, this is pork barrel, but um, it was to set up uh, like a federal government program to purchase stock for the creation of roads entirely only in the state of Kentucky, which was the state where, you know, Henry Clay was from. It was going to benefit Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So he, being Mr. Oh, I'm going to be a fair guy and all, still decided to, you know, slap play against the face or stab him in the back by making sure that that didn't go through. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why the, the yeah. roads in Kentucky aren't so good. <laughs> Maybe, but I, like I said, so he's so, not such a clean, clean, nice guy, you know, I mean, I he think was spiteful. You know, are we put, I think, you know, is, is the list of who, you know, who do we think will win, will win a Nobel Peace Prize today or how great of a president <laughs> they were? I, you know, I still he, I, I I have a problem with all the, the what he did to the Indian nation. I really do. I think that that really puts him like we say we have a total difference. You got an A. Yeah. I, I so what do you want to do? Minus. Do you want to average it or do you want to just have our own? <laughs> then so I'll, give him, I'll give him an F. I'll give him an F. So that he I'll, averages this. I'll, <laughs> I'll give him an S and then he averages to a B. <laughs> so do you want to have two? We, minus, we can split it. We'll have we'll have he'll have two grades. So I'll have an A and a C. Okay, you got. How about deal. that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on to probably someone a little bit less controversial, probably. Um, oh, and you know, Andrew Jackson did did found the Democratic Party. So, you know, depending on how you. Oh, well, yeah, feel they're about not necessarily. Them. Well, the Democratic Party really—it's amazing through history. You know, you would think that people like Abraham Lincoln who freed you know, slaves, mm-hmm. and you'd look at Martin Luther King—they were Republicans. They weren't Democrats. Yeah, I mean, there was a shift, but, you know, fair enough. Um, okay. So I think it's, it's you know, it, he's a, he was a controversial, he was probably the first controversial president. I think it's funny also that he hated the central bank, but he is on the $10 bill. Or <laughs> 10? That's true. That's yeah. True. No, 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 not, not $10, uh, $20 bill. $20, $20 bill, my bad. Right. Yeah. 
But all right, Matt, Martin Van Buren, what do you, you want to go ahead with him? Well, you know, he, he kind of was that he helped build a coalition against Adams, you know, that put Jackson in, in office. And um, the coalition that he created, they say, is what really became the new political entity, which was the Democratic Party. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that when I was reading stuff, they really consider Martin Van Buren as the the father of the Democratic or the what would you call it? The founder of the Democratic Party, because I guess he was mm-hmm. the guy, you know, he was the guy that was building the coalition for Jackson. Right. 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 Uh, and uh, he when he ran, there were actually I didn't know this. The four candidates that ran against him were supported by the Whig Party. And he was able to defeat mm-hmm. the Whig Party in 1837, which I guess was you know, still struggling to stay in power. Um, And he, and he was, I guess I would give him, which I was surprised at least to be, because he was the one that dealt with the, also the financial crisis, the panic of 1837. And um, he fought, you know, they all wanted to establish this national bank system. Right. And he established Mm -hmm. the one that established the independent treasury, the treasury department. So that. Right. I didn't know that. Yes, to manage the money supply of the United States. And he had a lot of opposition about, you know, in his in in Congress and doing that, because, you know, like you said, a lot of them were elitist and wanted this national bank where I believe that they could control everything. Right. So to have an Mm -hmm. independent Treasury Department run by, you know, was something that was totally kind of radical. And uh, a lot of a lot of, you know. A lot of historians criticize him for his economic policy, I guess, for establishing, um, for, I guess, the general view, deregulating the economy, economic policy and, and, and doing this Treasury Department. But a lot of now modern economists think that he did the right thing and that because of what he did in the long term, it revitalized banks after the panic. You know, okay. so, so it's kind of like a I have no decision. problem with the B. I kind of agree with that. I think he was, you know, he's one of the things that he, he did good, he did bad, and I think, but I think more good than bad. So I think you, you kind of get pushed up into the lower Bs. Now, what do you think of the Neutrality Act that he enforced, which was, you know, I guess um, there was a lot of sympathy when the Canadians were fighting against the English, and so mm-hmm. Americans were going to help fight and, and um, I guess, winning some of the battles, and, and they formed this association called the Hunter's Lodge which was mm-hmm. to help get Britain out of, you know, England out of North, uh, out of Canada. And, um, and he enforced it and, you know, basically saying that anyone who contribute, you know, who partook in these acts of uh, rebellion against or supporting another country efforts to get England out would, you know, would be severely punished. I'm, I'm a big proponent as well. I mean, I think not getting into conflicts is always the smarter move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of, of kind of that, you know, that general attitude, you know, that the, um, the, you know, I, I, it, cause you think about it, it only hurt, it kind of, it's one of those things that it, it's, you know, one step forward, two steps back, because now you're looked at as the leader. If, if you're to go ahead and embrace all these, you know, rebellious movements, now you're seen as the, like the ringhead or the leader of the rebellion, the, these colonial rebellious movements, and then now you're into a whole new thing where now, you know, all the major countries, the most the powerful, the most powerful countries of the world see you as a major threat to them. So I think, 
you know, I, I think he made the right choice there. I, I, I don't think getting involved and bogged down. I think that's probably the, one of the biggest problems we have today is that we get bogged down all these, you know, international conflicts and help us in the long right. run. Um, and for everyone and listening, so, uh, you know, that was that was the Patriot War that um, we were talking about when Americans were helping the Canadians try to get England out. And of course, I guess I guess what he did with the Neutrality Act was a good thing because, look, you know, Canadians' uh, ties to to England are very very strong. Yeah. So. so yeah, I kind of right. I give him a B. B. All right. So that's I think that's pretty fair. And we have next up. William Henry Harrison, I give him a D for died one month into office. <laughs> um, he doesn't get an F because he died one month into office and didn't screw anything up. But he doesn't get anything higher because he died one month into office and didn't do anything good, really. Well, so, you know what What happened, I guess, that he was outside giving got, a two-hour speech. And yeah, he had a he hat got, uh, and a jacket got, <laughs> and then got pneumonia. Yeah, and then he yeah, so So you don't have a two hour long hubris. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I guess so. who, who comes next so D, is D, Yeah, I would say with, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would say a D. I would say a D. Okay. Okay. That was an easy one. Yes. Because he was too much of I think he probably was one of those guys who was full of himself, you know, to stand out there and talk for two hours and and think, you know, like in the elements of the weather and like, you know, you don't need to deal with the hat and the coat and stuff, you know, kind of. He was the most, um, he was the first modern looking, looking president, I would say. He, you know, if, if you see a picture of him, mm-hmm. you know, you could, he, he doesn't have the kind of um, more like, you know, the kind of Washington or um, or Jefferson kind of, you know, with the, the white hair with the kind of. Uh, um, he, he definitely is, I'd say, the first modern-looking president of, you know, what kind of people look like nowadays. So. Right, Just a random right, thing. right, right. I thought it was interesting. But all right, yeah. John Tyler. So, now, now, I guess with Her- with his death, with, you know, William Harrison's death, then that mm-hmm. became the big thing, what happens? You know, if, if the president, does the vice president succeed and become the president, or do you have to have the nation? He's like an interim, and you have another election. So... In a way, maybe that's what his president was to set up the succession for when a mm-hmm. president dies. What really happens? Because I think they were, from what I remember from all the stuff I read, it was very unclear what it really meant when they wrote that. You know, how did you interpret? We um, so we are running. We've kind of gone on a little bit long talking about all these presidents. So I think do you want to do a quick little uh, um, kind of rapid round? Of what I would uh, say, just go on down the rest. Super, no. Well, no, just 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 for the next, the kind of what I would say, not the super interesting, but all the way down to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, we have Tyler, Polk, Taylor, Fillmore, and Pierce. I don't know. These guys are all worth saying. They, they, some of them did a lot of stuff. You know, I hate to just say that we're not going to go and revisit these guys because I kind of like this idea of actually looking at what these presidents did and what the president they sent for the country president. And and actually, you know, I mean, it makes you think, it makes you realize that all this has a purpose and all the things that they did, the bad and the good, led us to where we are today. So I, w- I would like to propose that we come back and talk about these guys like we have been, because this would be, there's, yeah. 
be our this, first three-parter probably. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, because I think people need to hear it. I know that I'm learning a lot and I think of myself as pretty, you know, well adverse in, in history, but you know, you forget a lot of things. And so if there's one thing I'd like to do, I'd like to just talk about what these guys did, the good and the bad and the ugly and you know, why we're where we're at. Okay. Yeah. How does that sound to you? No, I think that sounds good. So, um, we're kind of just giving a little scoreboard. As of this moment, we have one S tier being George Washington. Um, we have two A's. We have three um, three B's, two C's, and two D's. So a pretty fair yeah. spread, I'd say. Yeah. No F. And that's yet. covering no how many? How, covering how many uh, presidents? About seven. Not. Nine presidents Eight. with Nine presidents. Um, An- Andrew Jackson being counted twice as we gave him two different scores. Yeah, right. Okay. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's. I think, and I think that's pretty fair. I think, you know, the the early third of America was definitely, I think, everyone trying to figure it out. We, you know, it was kind of a new thing. You know, you didn't really have leaders in a non-hereditary lineage um and so i think it's you know i I give them all a little bit of a break i think that's why no one got an f because you get the you get presidents that basically um you know that this is a completely new system and you know a little leeway um also being far away i think we aren't affected as much um, but you must think they, they, they had to have a lot of um guts you know, to make the decisions that had to be made. Um, there, I'm sure, was pressure among their peers and stuff. But these guys created a system that we, I, I am still proud of today. I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen to us 10 years from now. But they were really the founding fathers of, of a very different system in the world. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, no, I mean, it, it was definitely like, like we said, you know, it was a trial time. Is definitely, a, I think, a time of, of optimism among the country as well, which is which was good. Um, and it was, I think, we're gonna agree a lot more on these guys. I think everyone kind of agrees um, agrees on these. I'm sure as we get more to modern times, we're gonna disagree yeah. a lot yes. more on. Uh, <laughs> this is always the easy bit, but I think we um, we are we running go. out of time, so. Everyone have a great rest of your Saturday night. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Labor Day. Um, And we will be back in two weeks' time.